Hello. That was awkward. <laughs> Remix. I'm like, okay, we're gonna have a real smooth transition. Listen, the best thing about us is that you know there's imperfection in our perfections. So. Right. So take us as we are, or we're gonna say thank you next. Yes. Wow. And that's what our topic is. We're talking about toxic relationships of all kinds. Toxic relationships with people at work. Toxic relationships with a significant other. Toxic relationships with friends. Mm. You know, my Cancerian ass is the expert PhD on that subject. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Daniel knows. And uh, family. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta the most toxic of all. You gotta get rid of those people. Um so joining me on the podcast, we have Alexa. Who took yet another long train to get here this week? Um three trains. Four trains, actually, coming from Brooklyn on the weekend schedule. It's okay because I love you and I love y'all. And Why are you whispering? I'm not whispering. She's trying to be seductive. Mm. Oh. It was I, a toxic relationship that I had with MTA, but we made it. We're all not abusive <laughs> relationships. We're all so get in line. Just getting beat up and dragged. And I tried. Dragged. To, I tried to call the SVU, but they were like, "You got to deal with that." <laughs> dragged. <laughs> Maggie. Yes. Talking to the goddamn mic. Yes. Here I am. I was afraid to move it again, and you'd yell at me. <laughs> it's true, though. I'll talk into it. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Now that you're talking into the microphone. Yeah. Um, what was the question? There, there just, was none. Just, there was no question. Just sit there and be pretty. I am. White people. I know. <laughs> Daniel. We're the worst. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, bitch. Remember when I was like, thank you, next to you, and we really didn't talk for like two months, and then I had to come back, and it was like, oh my I think god, it was long, so... I think it was longer than two months. How long was it? Maybe like three or four. Yeah, I do that to really? people. Really? Yeah. That's shocking to me. Yeah. I did not know I, this. And I had to apologize, because I completely overreacted. But I came back. I admire you for being able to like, apologize. No, yeah. I check in with myself, and there's people, there's a longer list of people that I don't talk to compared to the... People, I'm like, oh, I'm not talking to this person right now. And then it's like, Quentin, you are being really ridiculous. Let me send this text message. I was nervous. I was like, which list am I going to end up on? Will he, like, take me back? Yeah. Or will we just... Of course. You're consistent. God forced me to be friends with you, so I have to... Or I'm going to hell. (laughs) It's true. I'm religious. really aggressive. Wow. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, I guess that's everybody. So... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, today's topic is uh, toxic relationships, and we're you know gonna tell you how to tell those motherfuckers how to get the fuck out. I love how I'm able to like <laughs> play off the everything to the visit. Tune. But uh, before we do that, we gotta tip the scale. So let's start with Maggie. Yes, Maggie, on a scale of. A frenemy who you have to remain in contact with because I don't know if you 
remove this person from your life, your parents would be very upset. Sure. Who owes you lots of money, stole your oh, man. Oh, oh. That bitch gotta go. She'd be dead. <laughs> On a scale of that son of a bitch. Yeah. To the love of Jesus or whatever your religious affiliation yeah, is. Yeah. How has your week been? Uh, it's, um, ooh. It's been good. It's been good. I would say that the winter is getting to me, and we haven't even had a hard winter, but there's that adjustment period. And so right now, I am not a frenemy with the world, but like we're just acquaintances. It's a friend that you're talking to because it's through another friend. It's like you're being polite. Uh, a friend that's of a what, friend. That's what my week's been like. Okay. Well, Alexa, same question. Frenemy or Jesus? Um, we're going to be a bit closer to the midsection between frenemy and Jesus, just because, you know, living in New York is not easy, so. Well, what's the middle, though? That's part of the game. Um, um. You could just sit there and be pretty, too. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know. Daniel, please wow I'm in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. Frenemy to... Jesus. I'm like the Apostle Paul. Um. <laughs> Can I be John? Yeah. I was okay, like- I'll be John. Yeah. There's mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, more like the Virgin Mary. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'll take this. You're very I'll supportive. Yeah. I'll be yeah. a Corinthian. Be- Write me a letter. <laughs> I'm into that. I support it, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Quentin? Yeah. Um... I'm that friend that has all the good tea. Ooh, that's, that's a good friend. So that's how my... No, no, no. My week has been the friend that has all the good tea. That's exciting. But you got to watch that friend real carefully because your tea might get spilled. Yes. yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to be that friend because so, you right. have all of it and like you're like, well, what can I share? What can I not share? Mm-hmm. So my week has been good, but I've had to be like very, very cautious. So that's how my week has been. So... Let's just jump into it, guys. And since we're talking about friends, let's talk about toxic friends. If you've ever had a toxic friend, say I. I. Wow, I heard neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My neighbors. I. What's that like? What's that about? Um, I'll chime in because I just had a really kind of big blowout very recent. Um, I got rid of a friend. Because I was actually the last person of my friend group who still maintained contact with this individual. Um, it just Wait, hold up. So you have someone you don't fuck with anymore, and you have someone in your friend group who no, still I'm fucks saying, with I'm them? saying like I was the last person in our friend group that still fucked with that person. And that is why me and you will continue to have problems, Daniel. I'll talk about oh. that later. Oh. I don't fuck with somebody. You don't fuck with somebody. Ooh. Well, well, that well. So I, I will give you kind of like the rundown. It was basically like we all were kind of in this the state of like, what do we do with this friendship with this individual? Like, should we still maintain it? Like, what's going on? And I was kind of, I kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt, but I was just like, I was just like, no. Like, I literally straight up texted the person one day, and I was like, I can no longer be in this. Like, everyone else just like ghosted. I like. Said that I can no longer support this friendship because of X, Y, Z, A through A, B, C, three, one, two, three, and basically told him like, it, you're not doing anything with your life. You're not bringing anything to my life. 
I feel like you haven't grown up. You're still doing the same old bullshit we were doing when we were 22. Now we're close to 30 and you still haven't changed. And like, you just got to grow up and you're going to have to do it without me. Um, and it was just kind of like the turning of the tables in my life of just getting rid of those type of people. Because I mean, like, I'm not really, I have like my close circle. He was part of that close circle. So I think it was just hard to like let go because I love and care really hard. And I wanted the best for that individual. But it was just like me just being like, I just, I can't have you in my life anymore. And you told I, him that? Yeah. Good wow. on you for like not being the ghoster. Like that, that was, and you were direct, yeah. but kind, like, you know. Like I, I actually ran into him maybe like at the, like early fall and at a, a, a an event. And like, I actually like both like said hi and then kind of stepped to the side and like actually cried just because I was like, you know, like it was really hard to do that just because like I really do invest a lot into my friendships. But like, I just couldn't sit by and support your behavior and i was like if i see you out i'll be cordial to you oh sorry i'll be i'll be cordial to you because like (laughs) i'm like a decent human being and i know we're about to see each other um but like as far as like us ever being friends again like that'll never ever happen and like i just i wish you the best but thank you next i agree um i went through a situation recently um it's just sticky and so many different factors but at the end of the day the the reason that there was a breaking point was because that person did not consider me in the same way that I considered them and that can hurt yeah mm-hmm. and at a that certain really point hurt. like beyond I'm triggered yeah Ugh. and it's like at the end of the day if you're you know giving your all to someone in a relationship and it could be working friends family significant other whatever if they're not reciprocating in a specific way, like to even, you know, show that they're invested, it, like, like you said, Quentin, it triggers you in a way where you just like snap. And like, for me, the snap was, I have to remove this person from my life. And it was a small situation that triggered the removal, but it was necessary for me to continue to like be sane. Because when you're again giving something to someone that they're not even considering to return and it's not even like you give or like you know you act on your feelings for other people because you expect things in return but you at least expect like consideration and some sort of thoughtfulness so for me like the same way like if I saw that person again like and I have as well it's a hey it's a how are you and it's a bye and that's it uh, I just don't like it when I, I think mostly I, I, I don't want to say I'm a ghoster, but I'm a person that's like, when I've had enough, I've had enough yep. and I have to quit it cold turkey. Mm-hmm. And usually when I get to that point, it's like, I've tried everything to keep the friendship intact. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one to do the back and forth. It's not me. I'm not designed for it. Also, when there's been instances where I have to lessen myself to let you shine. Yep. Or I know that you're going through something and I have to like kind of deal with the mess of you and it's been going on for a while. Um, My thing has either been one of two things. Either a friend will kind of take advantage of my sort of overtly niceness with them during their messy time, either by like doing something inappropriate or usually the telltale thing is um, they will just do something or say something very disrespectful to me. That's usually my breaking point. Like, I usually have a three strike rule. Once you get to that third strike, it's like, what else can I do? Yeah. You know, and I don't, I should, I, don't, I feel like as my friend, 
I shouldn't have to tell you, hey, that's disrespectful or that's really bizarre. Uh, that's really, you know, because it gets to the point where every time you hear from that person, you have to prepare yourself to interact with them or you have to come up with something to say back so that they don't go off and stuff like that. Like You go through all that, it's not worth it. Yeah, so it's like if I'm having to put a lot of effort just to have like a normal mm-hmm. how do you do situation with you, it's not worth it. Yeah. And you know, and it, the trick for me is... Oh, hi, Carmen. Hi, guys. <laughs> <Hey>. Carmen. <laughs> do you feel lighter? I feel refreshed. Thank you. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to weed some things out. late because she had so to... So anyway, um, th- what I was going to speak kids on is... <laughs> I had to take a dog for a walk. So um, <laughs> the issue is... Wait, um, did you just blow up my bathroom? I have a childhood friend. And sometimes it's difficult to... <laughs> Cut off. Sometimes it's difficult to cut off um, childhood friends, and you've grown with them for so many years, and you've tolerated so much for so many years. So, a particular person that I grew up with, she has been that person who's been problematic. Like she's always in some shit, and I'm always giving her the advice. I'm always the voice of reason, like, "Hey, you shouldn't do this, blah blah,", blah but she always does it, and it affects me because she has to call me in the middle of the night because of some drama that happened, I can and it just wait, continuously happens. No, this is not fresh. It's not fresh. Okay. I just haven't really talked about it. Ooh. I just, you know, I'll talk about it, it like with a neutral friend. Let it out, sis. But what I'm saying is, it's like, it's been continuous. It's like, oh, my God, the guy I was dating, he stole my car. This happened. This was like, why? <laughs> Wait, like, I told you not to talk to him. <laughs> no. Or he did this to like my that. car. Or, you know, this. Or I got pregnant. It's just like, it's always some shit. That's a rough year. Like, <laughs> girl, years. Mind oh, you, no. childhood. So I get, like, having standards. Like, look, you got this three... Three limit rule. It's like when you got a childhood friend, you you've been for, you've forgiven him for so long, and it got to a point where I just I took so much. I was just like, you know what? I can't do this. Like I love you, and like I think when she moved, we just kind of parted ways. And sadly, I am the godmother of her daughter. Oh, that's tough. And so well, you know, I do I do talk. You know, I do talk to the door. You know, talk to the goddaughter and everything. You know, try to send her stuff here and there, but it's not as much. And I feel bad because I don't have that relationship with the mother anymore. And like, but when we and, we and this girl talk like we're we're friends we're cool but we don't talk as often anymore and and it's like I love her but I can't even really call her friend for real she's a friend because we grew up with each other but if I had just met her like two or three years ago like nah you just a drama filled person but um it it, it hurts a little bit drama because Shut up. I mean, it hurts a little bit because, you know, that is somebody who, who's familiar with me and my family. I'm familiar with her family. She lived down the street from me for years, like till we were like 20 something. So I know her, but she is too much drama with her. Yeah. And, and when you know your limit and you know it's just too much and it's causing you sleep and you can't do certain things because she always got some damn issue because she didn't listen to your advice in the first place. You, wow. Every time. Harmon, you are Every time. I mean, it's just like, how many times am I going to tell you, like, no, you shouldn't do this? You asked me for my advice, but then you don't follow it. And then you see the results of that. So it's just, it's just that. So I, I, yeah. But Carmen, I really love that boy. And that car was old, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. You got to make a choice. Either common sense or him. You need to start taking Carmen's advice before she... (laughs) Pulls a Harriet Tubman and shoots you in the face for not listening. I'm a fixer. I think that's my thing. I'm a fixer. If I see something wrong, I try to fix it. I know I'm not God. I know that I'm not. But I try to do what I can. So when you see something wrong, you try to fix it. Um, Do you have any mirrors at your house? (laughs) (laughs) Don't. I do. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
But I mean, you're that person too. So don't come for me if I ain't sent for you. I've told you that before. <laughs> Whatever. That, that, was that was good though. What makes toxic friends? What makes a friendship toxic? Why do friends turn toxic? What happens? Again, there's a lack of consideration for the other person. When, but where does that come from, Alexa? Well, it's become it comes from a brokenness from that other person mm-hmm. where like there's things where they have not addressed within themselves. Mm-hmm. And they don't even realize that they're issues at this point in their lives because they have just like associated those things as being like attributes of themselves that that are just like a part of them that they, you know, will never part with. And they don't address them, which then turns into problems in their relationships. And it's even beyond friendships. It could be any sort of romantic relationships, like anything. So do you think as friends we enable our toxic friendships or do you think we're trying to navigate yes. it or do you think we recognize that they're toxic? I think, well, I guess it would be it's a different timeline. It's a little bit of both. It's a little yeah. bit of both. Like you see like, you, 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 see you obviously see the you behavior see and you're just like, oh, you should probably stop doing that. You should probably start, stop doing that. And then like, you're like, you're still doing this. Like why are you still doing this? And then like, but you're like, I'm done But at what point when do you know that okay this motherfucker's toxic I got in this friendship when do you know you know for me it's I, I can't give any descriptor to it but whenever I have the instinct of like saying in response to them like oh gross you know like if they do something that makes me feel a certain way yeah and I and I can't put my finger on it but I did not enjoy that moment with them at all and it felt like they were trying to make me smaller mm. then yeah I gotta go mm. I think sometimes it's either like a specific action and then from that you kind of like, I had a friend who literally hooked up with another friend's significant other. And it was just like, I remember the person was texting me saying, like, wow, what's happening? And I was like, you should probably wow. not be in this situation. Because like I, I was like, they get into fights. They're probably going to be broken up for, like, a day. They're probably mad. Just exit the situation. Next thing you know, he's like, oh, we, like, made out. And I'm just like, why did you do that? And then it just started a ripple mm. effect. And I was just like... You were literally in a situation where I told you to stay out of it. You stayed in the situation and then kind of played the victim. Mm-hmm. And then we literally were like, you need to apologize right now before this person finds out from their their boyfriend. They wow. did not. So they found out from the boyfriend and just started this whole ripple effect. And I was just like... It could have been avoided. I was like, yeah. you know what? Like, we literally... Like, a bunch of us were like, you need to fix the situation. You didn't fix it. Then you tried to play the victim. And it was just like, do you, you, you're a selfish motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you literally don't give a fuck about anyone. And... You just got like we can't do this anymore. Like I had a friend that uh, she was an addict. She had a drinking problem, but it was weird because I didn't. I was very naive when I first moved to New York, so I actually ended up dating long-term alcoholic. He would put um, whiskey in his coffee every morning, and I didn't know that was alcoholism. Like I didn't. Yeah, uh, you know. So Not with Bailey's? this with this friend, um, she just refused. I think she might have been. Uh, I don't want to say maybe she was bipolar. I don't know, but she would self medicate with um, alcohol, and it was very obvious. And so there was many cycles of rediscovering her, trying to reconnect, and then as soon as we would connect, she would fall apart. Then I'd be like, okay, I have to take a step back because you know. Cycle, cycle, cycle. Even up into my wedding. Had her at my wedding. She was doing good when I reconnected with her a month before the wedding. And then completely fell apart. To the point where 
she knows she has to stop drinking. If you put a bottle in front of her, she has to finish it. Whoa. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, even to the point where she is so depressed that she can't get out of bed, she won't um, get a job. Oh, I had a friend like that. You know? That's it, depression. But That's she had a legitimately aspirations and goals and dreams and stuff like that, but she had a weird way of trying to attain them. Attain them. Like, she was like, oh, all I need is like a, a record label and my career take off. And I'm just like, but you're not even putting anything out. How's record label going to come to you? You know? Yeah. Um, she was diagnosed though, correct? I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Oh, no. she was. But I definitely know that there was some abuse in her, her life and stuff like that. So it was very like much that, but also it was just like, Every time I was around her, like even talking about her right now is giving me anxiety. I was just like, I yeah. couldn't do it. So for my own like welfare, yeah, I was just like, when it's draining uh, you, yeah, you know. And she always like she'll run into my husband or my other friends, be like, oh, Quid is not talking to me anymore. Da, da, da. I was like, no, it's not like that. It's like yes, it's like that. Could you fucking crazy? So you know, <laughs> you know what? For me, like I have to, I pay attention to how they treat other people. You know how you have those friends who are really, really good with you. Like they're sweet, they're generous, like they're just bubbly. But when they're around other people, they're real nasty, mm. or they'll say really mean mm-hmm. things about people. Oh. Be it if it's a waiter, waitress, enemy, or somebody they just don't like. It's like they always got something negative to say, and you really got to pay attention to that because I'm always just like, if you'll do that to your enemies, you'll do that to me eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes you're, it's fabricated because you're like they're so sweet to you. They always look out for you. They buy you stuff. They make sure that you're good and a lot of different ways but they have this other side piece to them where it's just like they're the nastiest person to other people outside of who they're cool with and it's like you really got to be careful with that so I know that I've noticed that and I've accepted that from certain people but it's like now that I'm older the new friends that I you know may come around I'm just like nope like you good to like hang out with for drinks but other than that I'm not gonna confide in you. I but can't see, do my that. thing is, if I'm not friends with you and I know I don't want your energy, I'm not hanging out with you at all. I'm not even going to be in the same room with you. And that's what I don't get about people. People, it's, it's very easy for cancers. Cancers will say fuck no, you know. But I have friends who they'll say this is a this is Lucifer. Lucifer, I've known for X amount of years, or whatever. I don't like being around Lucifer, but. Lucifer's gonna be at this party, and I'm gonna be at this party, and I'm gonna pretend to be friends with Lucifer. I don't really care. And then after the party, Lucifer did this, and Lucifer did that, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why? Why'd you or go to the party? I'll say, oh, your friend Lucifer, I don't like. So just give me a heads up if Lucifer's gonna be there because I'm not gonna be there. <gasps> okay, why can't you come? What did I? Because I already told you. And then people try to do the sneaky thing where they want, don't wanna tell me that Lucifer's gonna be there. And I'm there. I will walk. I've walked out of. I will walk out. No, my sanity and my happiness is important to me. Exactly. So you and Lucifer can go have fun being miserable together. I'm gonna holler at a McDonald's. Yes. Our proud sponsor. Absolutely, and I think the statement like misery loves company. Like it could be a friend that you have like a stable relationship with, and then another friend, like you said, that's like you know. Or someone that's a part of that like group or situation that like you're having problems with. Like if your friend, like your other friend does not address the fact that this person like, you know, they allow their misery to attract other miserable people and then continue to foster that miserable behavior and energy. Like if they can't acknowledge that, it's time to reevaluate and move on from multiple people. Like you can't allow any of that energy to come into your life and 
fester because if you allow that misery into your life and your space, you'll start to find like things wrong or things, you know, like that you would never even pay attention to that, you know, are that foster negative energy within you. So it's very like important to, again, acknowledge, you know, all of the people like around you. You are the people you surround yourself with. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you're hanging around assholes, you're going to be guess an what? asshole. Do you know what? Living in New York has been really good for me to like remove those people because I don't have enough time to see dear friends all the time. Right. So like if I'm not making time for my best friend in Park Slope, like if I can't get over there to see her, then I'm not going to hang out with some jerk that I don't like from a class or a friend of a friend that makes me feel a certain way. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about people and friends is something that you have control over. Uh, what you may not have control over is your coworkers, mm. your bosses. Oh. Uh, I had a friend, uh, she just got a job working as an assistant. And I was like really into it because it's a really great company that she's with. And two weeks into the job, all of a sudden I'm hearing all of these stories and it's so common and happens so frequently of her boss just treating her like the scum of the earth. And she's not going to let anyone punk her. So she's, you know, speaking up for herself to the point where the boss is like, I don't know if this relationship is going to work. And it's like, well, when you hire an assistant, particularly someone that's like half your age or younger, and I'm trying to be vague, but like there should be some sense of mentorship. You know what I'm saying? Like it really bothers me. Um, to have bosses who they think that you work for them and that's not actually the case we both work for the company I work under you I'm supposed to help you do X, Y, and Z so there will be no yelling at me there will be no attitudes thrown at me I've had to tell many bosses like hey <laughs> I want to keep my job but your tone isn't going to work for me. like yeah because I get triggered like there was one time uh, at a job, my boss's behavior was so bizarre that I just I I got my shit and I went to uh, Home Depot to go look at lights, and my phone was like blowing up. Like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Finally, I picked up the phone. Like, we've been searching the building for you. We thought you were passed out or something like that. I was like, nah, I just didn't like how that meeting went, <laughs> and I needed to walk out. Like, you guys got me fucked up. Like, I I was more. Um, Hysterical than that. I was really upset. So the next day, your boss was like, okay, Quinn, we understand, but please don't leave like that again. We really thought you were dead. I was like, y'all are about to be dead, though, because I'm crazy. <laughs> Hello. Like, I left for your safety. Yes, yes. I think that hierarchy thing is such a problematic, like... Because it's a baby boomer thing. Yes, it it's is. It's also a it male is. thing. It's, it's a, a male thing. thing. It's a baby boomer thing. It's all of that. Like, for me... I've had two jobs that were the most problematic experiences and only in New York that were literally like sent me into the deepest depression. Like I had never been in a point where I was depressed, like never been in a point where I was like not motivated to like pursue my dreams, but literally I was miserable and just out of sorts. And I had a boss who felt like it was okay to purchase drugs with company money on work oh. trips and Whoa. knew and knew that Whoa. I knew 
And when I addressed these issues to HR and our bosses, nothing happened. And I have to like make it known that this woman was white. And I was a black woman complaining about these issues. It complaining was about it wasn't me, but the I situation that I had been through with this woman. And nothing ever happened to her until after I left because they realized that she wasn't doing anything and that I was. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like being in positions like that where you're not heard, you're not being respected, you're not being acknowledged as a human, you have to let that shit go. Because you will literally lose yourself being in that situation. Oh, yes. Alexa, um, how does one buy drugs with company money? We got cash advances when we went on company trips. Like paper? Cash? No, no, no. It would be deposited into our bank accounts. We got a specific amount based on per diem, based on the amount of days that we would be gone, based on the length of travel, all of that. And they had to show receipts. Exactly. You had to show receipts. Which is the other problematic thing that this woman was getting away with not having receipts for money. And I was telling them, this bitch was not at a work function or setting up for our event. She was out getting fucking drugs. Did you see her buy them? This is wild. I saw multiple things that I should not have seen, and I'm going to leave it at that. Alexa. Yes. So... With this money that was deposited into your account, do you give the remaining amount back? Yes, you have to. Or you're supposed to. If you're Alexa and you're a brown girl in a company of all white people and you're managed by a European boss, then you need to be giving the money back. But if you're this other person who thinks that she has some sort of like hierarchy over me because she's a manager, not even anything else, then the money doesn't need to be returned or it's not being, you know, closely calculated. At the end of the day, all that to say, if you're in a situation where you know that there is some sort of prejudice or there's some sort of, you know, non-consideration of you as a human, you have to let that go. If your boss is a miserable person, right. oh my God. Then that's exactly. Yeah. On top of everything. Because happy people... Don't, don't hurt people. Don't hurt people. No. Yeah. Right. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt right. people hurt so, And little. she was the type of person that was so me- manipulative to the point where it was like she m- was manipulating her partner, her boyfriend who she lived with, and was like doing crazy things on work trips like with other men. Like it was oh. crazy. And she did that in front of you because she exactly. knew that you were nothing. Or she thought that I was nothing. Mm. And then mm. she got fired after I quit. Mm. Well, that's so. good. She got hers. Yeah, she got hers. But at the end of why the day, is, why does it? Because this, my the people I had problems with that I was reporting to HR bosses specifically, they didn't get fired till after I quit. Why is it that it happens after you quit? I think in my case, first of all, they weren't really. They thought that because I was in a position beneath the manager that I would be too afraid to let that position go because it was at a humongous company. It was huge and and still huge in the fashion Mm. industry doing like millions of dollars in sales a day. Like they thought that I would be afraid to let that go. And bitch, I left at the first thing smoking. I left because I knew that my mental health, my progression and everything was not dependent on this place and they were never going to give it to me. Mm -hmm. So they thought that I valued it more than they valued me, and that was not the case. Yeah, my when I said I was never coming back, my company thought I was coming back, and they kept calling me like, "Come back, 
Like, no. It's because you were probably doing the work. That's the other thing. These That's people the thing. abuse people mentally and, and for their mental labor. They most certainly will abuse you for your mm-hmm. actual labor. And so when you're gone, they don't see the notice that the hole is work. there. They, yeah. They're not doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know. I was like, I'm not coming back. I went to France. I vanished. I came back. They were here. When you come back, hey, I hope you had a nice trip. Oh my God. Oh. No, I literally had to say email. This is my last time saying this. I'm not coming back. Let this count as my two weeks notice because I still have two weeks of PTO left. Pay me. Shit. Yeah. Give me and, my money. Uh, yes. Tell people to stop like texting me about meetings. Like they really were just like, that's wild. Like okay. you don't just like at my level, you don't just like, uh, I'm going to go on vacation. No. <laughs> I, if I'm gone, I'm gone. I was like, bye. That is insane. Yeah. And they literally were like, Quentin was here one day and then he just was not here. So, and then they finally decided to invite my boss. And then a year later, my abusive, abusive, abusive son of a bitch boss texts me. Ugh. Saying what? A year later. No. And was like, hey, did the company ever pay you money? Just curious. How did you get this number? How did you get my personal number? Also, what does he mean? Did the company pay you money? Like, because he, I don't know. Because I think he tried to. He thought he got fired because he was black, or whatever ethnicity he wanted to be at the time. Because we couldn't figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many layers. (laughs) So many. So. No, but like he was doing things like putting his hand in women's faces when they were talking, no, sir. telling people no, to shut sir. up. He would call my name like I was a dog, and I'd be like, "What is going on?" He would interrupt the creative people while they were working, so they would be on their desk, and he would be looking over their shoulder on stuff. He would go to meetings he wasn't even invited to. He would what? make his assistant cry. He would make people in other departments cry. And what I couldn't take was that because all the producers on my team quit and I was the only person underneath him, everybody was coming to me because they didn't want to go to him. And I was like, I can't. And then once it got to the point where, oh, yeah, uh, Quentin is so-and-so's right-hand man. I was like, oh, no, the fuck. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. No right, no left, nothing. I was like, no. On top of that and my delayed promotion and then me going to HR and HR acting like you don't have, you need evidence of all this. Like, so you want me to walk around with like a body cam and a fucking wire? It's like, hold up, let me go to Amazon real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if the whole department had quit, they've got evidence. Exactly. Bodies leaving the door. But people didn't want to share stories, right? Because I've been through that. Although I have. (laughs) (laughs) HR is some fuckery. No. They did not. Bruh. (laughs) HR on a lot of places. I had to hire an attorney to get their attention at the Ford. Every fucking email, every fucking text message, every fucking screenshot, every fucking thing. When I tell you I have receipts because I'm a cancer, receipts, receipts, receipts. The file I sent my uh, attorney was so large, I had to send it in like three different zip files. (laughs) Zip zip files, yo, that's a lot. And he combed through that shit, and every time HR was like, yeah, but this is a, uh, nope, look at this happened September 2015. Yeah, but this, uh uh-uh, in August, actually, also in March 2016, uh, 
Why is he getting these text messages from his boss? Mm. Wow. Mm. They were like, and then this was like right around the Me Too movement. He was like, look, my client is media trained. You guys know that. I have friends at Good Morning America. If you want it to go down like this, it's going it's to go down it's like gonna this. It's going to go down. Yeah. Like, he was like, look, I, not, I told him I was going to take much money out of whatever settlement it was. But if there's an opportunity for me to make more money, I'm going to do it. And he's going to do it too. So you got you, you guys playing ball or what? And then finally they were like, okay, well, we'll offer him a severance package, but um, he can't, he can never work in television again. I was like, <laughs> no. So my NDA that I signed <laughs> went from like, not to- trying to scare people. The NDA that I signed went from like 17 pages to like a paragraph on one page. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo. Essentially, yeah. it was like, oh, you can't talk about this on social media. I'm like, what y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna ask for your money back? I ain't got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. What? It's gone. Spent it. Totally gone. <laughs> I bought a castle. Does not work. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, HR, but dealing with HR is a motherfucker. Like, oh, yeah. for me, I worked at this big tourist attraction place, and... It was a small company, but the HR was best friends with the guy who hired us. And then the guy who hired us, the manager, was his stepbrother. So you already knew there was a lot of nepotism and just crazy collusion. shit That's going on. Collusion is how the toxicity starts. Exactly. Yes. Look at how the country's being run. Exactly. Collusion. It's all toxic. And so the manager, who was the brother, he was sexually harassing people or just sharing in- inappropriate stuff. And every time we co- we told the HR about it, because he's supposed to be neutral, nothing ever happened. Other people were losing their jobs. It was a big turn around every single time but nothing ever happened to him if anything else he got promoted he got promoted Oof. to gm mm-hmm. so it's just like what so then it's like okay so what's the point of telling hr because the hr is best friends with you know the yeah. top guy yeah. it's just like what's the point point? and what bothers me because we are talking about toxicity with like co-workers and bosses and stuff like that and when it gets toxic you can't just sever the relationship unless you quit like sometimes yeah, in situations yeah. where you're supposed to be able to go to hr yeah, and they're supposed to like help resolve it you know what i'm saying like maybe it's you go in this department you go in this department Mm or hey let's see if we can mediate or hey let's you know your boss is doing x y and z well he's got to go because that's not a part of our philosophy as a company like there's so many things that you think are supposed to happen but but then when you try to go through the process it's like wait a goddamn minute when i was at orientation y'all said yes and they operate a certain way, but then when they were like, well, you're not acting in a business-like manner. It's like, but you're not either. You're not doing that. And the thing that t- they took advantage of was because they they um, hired a lot of artists. They hired a lot of actors and yes. actresses. So they know they get- we need money, right? Yep. And this is one of the places that they pay us a lot more than other tourist attraction places. So they know we kind of need the money. So they kind of bank on that. And it's like, for me, in my mindset, I'm just like, yo, I need to pay bills. I got to do this. But it's just like, it got to a point where I was focused more on the money, working mm-hmm. on holidays and other shit, like sacrificing my Don't time, like coming in, last minute when they need me like I'm doing that but they don't they don't care it's like they don't care they'll oh you get it we'll, we'll buy you lunch one day or something like that's uh-huh. the most that they would no. do or gift cards yes you know no. it's just like give me cash no. also you said a mouthful when you talked about how they would hire people that they could take advantage of because I worked in a museum and they hired all mm-hmm. folks in the arts yeah and in a gig economy they can fuck you over oh yeah you have mm-hmm. no power in it and it's amazing to me that we just keep 
spreading that mentality mm. out and keep making it and really I don't, don't understand them. what people have to gain from fucking people over. It's been scientifically shown. They're going to get the shit. They're going to get it. Every like, person wait. that works in HR or has a psychology degree or has a background in human resources they tell you you get the best work out of people that you treat well. Yes, that's yeah. why. That's what we've been telling our manager. Google we had is doing so well. That's that. why Netflix is doing so well. Like all these big like tech companies, they believe in that philosophy. Exactly. You know what? Some of the worst bosses I've ever had thought that they were treating people well. Yeah. It was a mentality no. thing that they. It's a power. I mean, thing. none of them were screaming thing. at people, but like it was just they really thought you know. They were happy-go-lucky dude, and they were just being that they're good doing to us a favor. They feel like yes. they're doing us a favor, no. and, it, and they were terrible. I think the yeah. problem is is that a lot of these um, managers, directors, and such at these companies think that they're paying you out of their own pockets, and the mm. problem is is that this money is coming from this company, and you could be let go from this company as quickly as I could be. Mm-hmm. I so don't. it's like yeah. when they understand that, look, we're all on the same playing field, and it behooves me to give you a working environment that's productive, that's progressive, that's thoughtful, that's enjoyable, so that you can make them look better. Yep. But so many people feel so intimid- so intimidated in terms of the fact that you're capable of doing your job in a really successful way. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. Exactly. They feel intimidated, yeah. and so they feel like they have to react in a certain way to make you belittle yourself and reduce your productivity and all of these things. And at the end of the day, you have to realize I don't that like working with people that don't want to be there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So how would you yeah. create that? It's so much easier. It's such a miserable yeah. environment. It's so much, also, stop. Oh God! Like the root of toxicity in the workplace, I believe, is when people don't follow best practices. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for you to hire your friend for a job that you don't know whether or not. They're good yeah. at. You're just trying to look out for them. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. let's cut the favors bullshit. Number yeah. one. Number two. Where the fuck is the diversity? <laughs> yes. Number three. You are. If you're afraid of black people, you haven't acknowledged that, or you think all Asian people are good at math, or you think, oh, uh, I'm not gonna hire this Indian woman because she's gonna be a pushover. You don't know her. Yeah. Also, if you look at corporate America, your management, it's white men. So all the things that we're complaining about right now. There's a specific brand of weak white man that cannot feel like they are not in charge yeah. in every given nanosecond. Mm-hmm. And when they get backed into a corner, these are the behaviors yep. that we and see they're, demonstrated. They're taking it out on the person directly underneath them. And then it's like a train, uh-huh. like a chain reaction to the person. Da, 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 da. So you have the president of the company and then he's or the CEO of the company. And then it goes to the, the president. Then it's the VP and then the SVP and the EVP. And then it's all the, the you know, senior level people right underneath that and then it goes into the directors and then it's the managers and then it gets down to like me no I'm a millennial what the fuck <laughs> exactly. y'all talking about <laughs> I don't care what the how the president uh, treated your boss's boss's boss and just chuckle it down to you and you're starting to sweat I'm gonna have a long lunch break I'll see you when I get back. Bye. <laughs> and it's like what they don't realize is that the better you treat your employees, the better the work is. Oh, completely. Like we'll make sure oh, yeah. that we're going to produce good work, but you got to treat us well. You got to treat us yeah. like human beings. Uh-uh. And they don't do that because it's a power trip. It's yeah. like, I think one thing about millennials is like, we will suffer through an abusive friendship. We might suffer through a romantic relationship, but we will not suffer through a toxic work relationship. Like, it doesn't make sense to us. 
Yeah. It doesn't make sense to us. Because at the end of the day, I'm coming in here for a check, sis. Yes. I'm not exactly. coming in here exactly. for anything else. Like, yes, I'm pursuing something that's super interesting to me that I have an affinity to that I like enjoy. But I'm not going to do it for you when I could do it for somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah. Yeah. And you're treating me like shit. And, and not trying to pay yeah. me. Exactly. Oh. And then also adding things to my plate and not compensating me for those things that oh. were or Fuck out of here. Or you having the conversation of like, hey, boss that hired me and said that you were going to help me shape my career. When am I going to get yep. a raise? When can yeah. I move up? Well, you, here's the carrot. I'm going to dangle it in front of you. It's like, no, mm-hmm. dude, like I might as well just go to another fucking campus. And then no. you find out some people are probably getting paid more than you that are doing less work uh-huh. than you. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, wait, I've been here longer than you, but this person who just started working here because they have a certain situation, they're getting paid more than me and I'm doing their job and some Uh other stuff. That's some bullshit. And then you have a weird interaction with that person. Yes, exactly. I had one of those and it was an open office space and I hated her so much. I went out and bought a whiteboard to put it in front of her face. (laughs) Like The partitions were low, so I just would put it behind my computer so I wouldn't have to see her every day. (laughs) (laughs) I had to physically, I built a wall. Oh. <laughs> That's the solution for everything. She never came over, though. She, and she hated it. She hated it. She's like, I just feel like I don't get to see you anymore. I'm like, yes, you don't. Because <laughs> I hate you. Because you're Take a, a terrible, ignorant bitch. Well, what about when it comes... Okay, so you can quit a job, but you can't really quit your family. So how do you do it? I mean, with- you can. It's just you ugly. Can. You can, you gotta, but you can't. You can't, but I, I, a logical thing that I've had, method that I had to use is you have to love and accept them for who they are. Yes. And then treat them accordingly. So if you Define know Define love. Love, like, just ex- accept them. You know, care, still care for them and everything. But you may have limits with certain people. You just can't interact. Dip, you can't interact the same way that you do with your uncle than you do with your brother or something like that when they come over for dinner because... Yeah. Why are they coming over for dinner? <laughs> if, if they're allowed to. I got to completely... Listen, I, I mean, if you got that one uncle who, you know, got that funny finger that be touching, uh, that's all another thing. Oh, no, it don't oh, have to oh, be oh. that. Or he steals. I mean, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It don't even have to be that. My family, okay. my dad's family, like, when I say feud, like, it is a legit feud. Mm-hmm. They worked together. They were farmers together. And when all that went south, they just tore into each other when my grandmother they passed shotguns they, they did it was Hatfield McCoy shit <laughs> uh, but then when my grandmother passed away it was so contentious that they had to hire a person to come in to auction off her materials in the house just to the siblings and they still argued and the cops had to be called like oh. there's there's some situations you Maggie, just have to walk black? away yeah. from <laughs> <laughs> For me, when it comes to like my family, like I have the like the the wrath of like the family member who doesn't come home enough. Oh, so like, and then when I do come home, it's like very limited. So everyone's like, "Oh, you know him from the big city. He thinks he's too good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want to come see." But us. you're also like walking into the place with like the latest fashions from ASOS. So you walked in here today with a beautiful fanny pack that it was like a hologram effect. I'd be intimidated <laughs> by that. I just, I mean, the way I kind of sum it up, I'm just like, listen, I tell y'all when I'm coming to town i don't have a car i don't have a license like if you want to see me you know the three places i will be and like if people wanted to get an attitude with me i'm just like you know what i didn't have to spend 500 dollars on this plane ticket to come see you so like some i i don't i don't do the bullshit for a while it get to me but i'm just like listen i'm gonna come here once or twice a year accept it enjoy it and don't make no drama because I'm gonna just stop coming. Yeah. And they're just like, but you just you need to spend more time. I'm like, I'm I'm spending the amount of time I'm allotting myself to spend with you. So you need to just accept that. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, my problem with the issues that I've had with my family is that they expect you again to consider them more than they consider you. No, I'm not yes. going to invest time or like spend time reaching out to you. And you don't ask me shit. I could be dead in a fucking ditch. You haven't asked me how I'm doing. You haven't reached out to me, you know, or you haven't put any effort in. Also, you know, if you were and terrible to me as a kid, like if you exactly. were, if we oh. don't have a and relationship to begin it. with, Speak I'm not going to buy your daughter a gift for graduation. Right. I'm sorry. Right. No. And even if Why you weren't, it doesn't matter. It's not my responsibility to be the sole proprietor of this relationship. I'm not the only one that's, yes. you know, making this work. You know, it's a two way street. And I think so many people think, again, to Daniel's point, that because, like, you know, you moved away, I'm the one that moved away from the family, that I'm the one that the moved city, from the family, too. All that Wait, shit. Wait, are we all? I am. I yeah. feel like we're all that oh. one person. Yeah. All, all my folks are still in the same spot. My, yeah. All my family's in the same spot, too. Yeah. And when you're that person, there's already a stigma associated to you. Like, you think you're better you're than them. Yeah. You're a bitch. You're too this. You're too you that. And you it's a, like... Let me borrow 20. You, right. No. You, you think you all bad because you got engaged to a beautiful Haitian man. Listen. Ooh. And gonna get pregnant. Ooh. How about that? <laughs> Quentin's a great name, by the way. Um... <laughs> Now, I, I literally had to have a therapist tell me to terminate the toxic relationships I had with very specific family members. They were riding on my last nerve. Um, it just got to the point where I was just, the thought of them would just make me so fucking sad. Like, I just hated them. But I had to have a therapist say, Quentin, they're humans. They have their own life. So from their perspective, you don't know what's going on through their head. But you can't control how they treat you, but you can control your reaction to it. Uh Yeah. You can control your interactions with them. You can control whether or not you're going to be sad about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you need to say, hey, you know what? I need to cut off uh, communications with this person. So it's not a thing that I'm having Mm -hmm. to deal with. Do that. If you have to tell someone like, hey, I don't like how our relationship is. And if they're not receptive to it, you can have any. Because they're human. They don't get special treatment treatment just because you guys are related by blood. Yeah. Yeah. So, and didn't Oprah talk about that too? Like she had to cut off a family member for like four or five years. Yeah, there's like, and when you guys, back, was like I okay. didn't talk. My mom decided she wanted to be crazy. I didn't talk to that woman for four years. Really? Four wow. years. Wow. Moms are just oof. didn't go home for like six years or something like that. Yeah. It took my sister getting engaged for me to be like, okay, I can do this. And then my friend Michelle, <laughs> who's a psychologist, was my date to that wedding. Oh my gosh. Wow. She was there. I was like, okay, this is how I feel. Is that okay? She's like, yeah, Quinn. <laughs> Does Michelle just like hang out with other people? Like, I feel like there's a lot of events over the next year. I could use a psychologist. That's, oh, <laughs> Michelle's coming. Michelle's coming. And she's going to be on the podcast. That sounds like yes. a great, a great like app we should make. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Michelle. Like, I need like to, an like, Uber for a psychologist, psychologist to keep yeah. you like sane and like, no, yes. but like I, what I did with my mom, my mom was just kind of like, she, she went through empty nest syndrome, but she had like the worst allergic reaction to it. Like, oh, when I that's a nice term of putting it. What that's a nice term, a way of putting it though. Well, allergic this is, reaction sometimes it is a yeah, physical response. I yeah. got yeah. to high school and I wasn't her K 
kid anymore, so she didn't know how to interact with me. And also, she just didn't have the life. Like, she was dealing with the drama of her friends' kids, and she was just terrified about. So what, she didn't even see mean? me. She saw a potential problem that wasn't even a fucking problem. She saw something that she didn't want, and she focused on what she didn't want. The worst thing I did in high school, I kid you not, is I probably mumbled bitch in front of a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher didn't even hear me. Yeah. <laughs> are you like, guys, are I you and your mom a lot alike? Like, is it a mirror situation that, like... Mm, nah, me really. and my mom have similarities, but... I wouldn't say, like, our philosophy, okay. like, how we treat people is completely different. I got you. Um... And then also, my mom just likes to sweep things under the rug, which Ooh, was another no. big oh, no. thing. Yeah. And also, my mom likes to gaslight. So whatever Ooh, no. my mom says happened, you have to believe it happened. You can't argue with her. Mm. And she will literally say, no, he didn't go to jail. But no, he went to jail, mom. Went to jail. I just Googled totally it. There. No, I don't. Yeah. I got my 23 me done. I was a, like, mom. a letter. <laughs> are, you, you mixed with Irish? I'm black. No. No, no. Um... He said no. Also, it says you're not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care what that says. Stop, stop spitting in cups. And then she hangs up. I'm like, hello, mom. But yeah, so I like literally, I had to. My relationship with my mom now is I had to was like, okay, this isn't working for me because also I was going through the whole her one minute she's okay with me being gay, the next minute she's sending me Bible verses. Oh lord. Mm. And then, like, I'm going through a breakup, and then she's bragging about her fiance, who at the time was my dad's former best friend. Oh, sorry to put your business out there. Um, but it was a lot. It was just like I, I can't wonder. mourn the loss of the relationship. I can't talk to you about anything. You're sending me Bible verses about how I'm going to go to hell because I'm gay. Then I'm like trying to express to you how it's making me feel. And then you're telling me I can't feel that way because you're my mom. So you should be able to. So I was like, nope. So hiatus for for four years. And then I slowly had to like ease your way back. Think about what I wanted. I had to accept her who she was for face value. I had to accept that she's a permanent fixture in my life. She's loved you the best way she knows how. Exactly. I had to come to that. And then I had to say, what is the best gift I can give her? I was like. I want her to enjoy being a grandmother. So she's a good grandmother and I do what I can to make sure that she can do that. Yeah. So I've let go yeah. of the idea of what I think she Ooh, should be. Yes, that's mm-hmm. deep. That's good. But Yeah. yeah. I've literally had that same issue with my dad. Because like mm-hmm. I, I guess I have dad issues a little bit, I guess. Because I had this expectation of what my dad was supposed to do, how he was supposed to be in my life, and he just wasn't. He didn't stay that far from me. He never married my mom or anything, and he doesn't have any other children. I'm his only child, and he has a lot of friends with children. So in my head, I'm like, well, you know, you should know what to do. Yeah. You're 10 years older than my mom. You should be aware of what to do, and he just never did. And I, I was hurt. I was upset with that for a long time, and I didn't know how to deal with it. Working with teenage girls who have a lot of Ooh. those same issues, mm-hmm. it helped me. Cause it helped me realize what are they, what they're going through. I, you know, I'm kind of going through the same thing. So I had to help them. But before I helped them, I had to help, help myself yourself. too. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And so part of that is like our my my parents are a generation. They're uh, the generation product of the baby boomers, right? So they the way they deal with things is like sweep things under the rug. You don't talk about sex. Just don't do it. Yep. It's just certain things that just they don't address a yeah. little bit. But now like the newer 
era now. It's just like we're going to have a discussion exactly. about it. Or it's the, I come from a family of you do what I say. Just do what I say, and that's it. Now, my mom, she never down talked my dad or anything like that. But um, I was just aware of how I felt with my father. And I had to kind of go through the same thing. Uh, like Quentin did was just like I had to learn to love him for who he was he he loved me the best way he knew how yep. I felt like he should have known more but it's like I gotta let go of my expectation of that Carmen, and you gotta use yes. that in every relationship <laughs> now we're yeah. I, I'm in the same exact boat right now and my dad's sick on top of it so it, yeah. it, it feels like <laughs> it, it's too much and it, it's that like oh I still have a lot to tell you about yeah kind of some stuff that you did like you know mess my mind up a little bit but it is an act of mercy right now that I'm just gonna like just call you out on bullshit and we'll try to make it work and I'll, I'll call you on the phone. I'll be the one to take the actions of an adult. Yeah, where, yeah that's the best where, way. And it feels like, That's oh, the best but way. you were the parent. Like, where, yeah, You have to be that parent. You but, have to show him what you expect. But the greatest get I, gift I got was realizing that he just was not equipped to apologize. He was not equipped. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Jesus. We had, we had one big fight and I went out literally guns a blazing. I took a glass dish and threw it down and yelled, motherfucker. <laughs> and like exited. <laughs> and that was our big breaking point. And I came back and he... He tried to explain like why he was very sorry he was not there, and to even see him get very emotional about it, it's like he's not able to do this. He's trying. My mother raised me in a way that I was. I'm gonna be my mother's daughter right now. Yeah, it's tough though. It's tough to it be is. the adult in that situation. And you, it, the thing is, you have to be. You have to be that father. Yeah. So certainly you have to show him because that's what my mom said. She was like, you know, just show him what you feel like he should do. Spend yes. more time with him. Get to know him and do that. Like that's because at the end of the day, he's my father. He's yeah. my flesh and blood. Yeah. And before he dies, I do not want to have that any regrets. Like, oh, I didn't get to notice. I didn't get to learn that he's here. And a lot of people don't have that opportunity to have their father there to know who their uh-huh. father is. So take full advantage of that and let go of the bitterness. And it's difficult to let go of the it bitterness. Is. It is. It's so difficult. But it's like as an adult, if you're fully aware, it's just like let me. I got to do this for me because I know. Uh-huh. And down the long run, it's going to be Time yeah, is better. money for me. So this extra time that I have to give to my mother, I ain't got any left for my dad. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's deep. My dad <laughs> did some foul shit. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But he does do this. Well, he tried to do this once. And then I literally had to, I told my sister, then my sister told my mom, and then my mom told my dad, hey. <laughs> I just got quitting back in my life. Could you please not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> please. But like, we did this please whole, don't. like, hit me up on Facebook. It was like, hey, a long time no see. Like, you never do this. You never did that. Oh, like, this was your mind. dad? Yeah. He did this in, uh, I don't know what year. I have to say, I'm going to make up a year, like 2013. It was like, it was like within the last, like, five, six years or whatever. Right. But I haven't seen this man in real life since my high school graduation of 2003. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So for him wow. to send this message was just, like, really bizarre. Yeah. So when I went to my sister's wedding, he wasn't supposed to be there because he was causing all types of chaos and drama. He did not show up, did he? Oh, God. Uninvited. He showed up in his Sunday's best. God. And he watched my stepfather walk my sister down the aisle. When I tell you there's a God and he rewards (laughs) me with pettiness. (laughs) When I tell you I enjoyed that. I mean, it was. I loved it. I loved it. So when I saw him, I had the. I was just such a great. It was like, hey. I didn't think you were going to show up. How's it going? Also, but Daddy, don't good. slide into my DMs to apologize for 20 years. Of not good. And then scrutinize me. Yeah. Like, but what was weird is when I saw him, I don't think, I mean, it was like he had, he was looking at someone he did. It was very 
he was very taken aback because the last time he saw me, I was like a scrawny little. Yeah. You know, now I'm kind of, you know, I got some muscle, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I Must discovered stop. sports dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a gym looks I'm an like. Athlete. And um, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I don't think he knew because I was with Michelle. So maybe he thought Michelle and I were together. Me, Michelle, me and Michelle look really good together. So he probably thought Michelle that. Looks, Michelle yeah. looks really good. But now I have like GM all over my Facebook. So he knows. Did he try to come to your wedding? When I tell you, I did not invite any family members he, he to my wedding. Oh, I let my sister. I let my sister know about the wedding, and I was like, "If you want to come, you and your husband can come." But anybody else, nah. But I think she was dealing with morning sickness because that's around the time she got pregnant, so she couldn't oh, travel. Oh, that's oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't. Nope. And I was okay with it, and I had a, a great wedding. So much fun. It was lit. I've snooped on pictures. That blue suit of yours. Yeah. That's the suit. But again, with the wedding, the wedding was for me. Now, if it was a family thing, I would have had to consider my mom being crazy. My dad wanting to curse me out for not inviting him. Because that's what my sister had to deal with with her wedding. She invited him. He wouldn't come to rehearsals. He wouldn't. Then he wanted her to extend invitations to his other kids and no. she was like I don't know them right. and no. then one of them is like so bizarre but he like acts like we're like we're half brothers but he acts like we've been like we're close so I'm like wait a minute is, does he have a different interpretation of what ha-? like so I remember delusion. the few times I saw you and you you know called me a sissy and were like beating up on oh, me hell no. so like I how, what relationship came of that? Because yeah, I remember, don't I don't remember the shit they did to you. How to make you feel? Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's now that you, spirit. now that you work in media and you have all this right, stuff going on, I'm so proud of you. Sure. Da, da, da. And my dad's notorious for, and have family members that are notorious for wanting to like latch on to like, oh, let me get, let me get. Mm-hmm. No, I really don't have it. Student loans. Mm-hmm. I literally don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's New York. A lot of yeah. people don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, New York, school yeah. and shit. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you're able to be, you can cut them out because I don't know if it's, I, I grew up in a family that very much so had like, there was a tribe mentality. Like even if there was shit going on amongst family members, you do not, others do not know. It is dealt oh, with inside oh, the that family. That is the What happens in this house family. stays that in this is. house. Yes, exactly. Maggie There's a black. unified front. <laughs> and, that's, and that's deadly. It is. But it's one of those things, it's got to be so freeing. But I, I think it could be that. Also, I think there's something about being raised in a culture, whether it's as a Southern woman or really as a woman in any culture, you're expected to uh, make people feel comfortable and yeah, at and ease. Like nurture them. And Even nurture. if it's against you. <laughs> it, it's polite to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And I just had, at the age of 30, cracked on that. I was yeah. like, no, yep. sorry. I definitely like uh, took Speaking the approach for a while. I was I, I still have like some issues with my mom where I think that stems from like my dad getting remarried mm-hmm. but like my mom like spit all this toxic information into my brother and sister's minds and like they believed and fell for it and I was just like I mean no like this woman is with dad after you caused him to file for bankruptcy and like taking in these three grown ass kids so like she's a good woman so like I never ever ever fell for those tricks and I think that bothers her because like she'll still it's like, the trickery she'll make yes. comments now and like it, it's, yeah, like, you're supposed to fall for there was that one point where I was just like I'm either going to cut my mother out of my life or, or just, cut my mother or or cut her <laughs> and just like just deal with it but I, I basically like I'm very like 
she'll say shit and I'm just like that is my stepmom don't yeah. talk about her like I'm very like not, you ain't gonna do that wow. and she'll be like yeah. but I'm your mother I'm like I am but guess what we're adults you're gonna be respectful yeah. I was like well, won't don't start none won't be none like I literally <laughs> yeah. sometimes feel like I am the parent and I'm checking her and like because before I wouldn't check her and then she, now she'll be like well I'm offended by that I'm just like you'll be fine and then she'll <laughs> no and literally like, she'll That's literally mama though. she'll te- she'll literally say some crazy shit and I'll be like alright cool and then she'll be like oh Daniel and then like an hour later she's like I'm sorry blah 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 and like I remember I was home for Christmas this past December and like she knew I sent I send my family like a schedule because they're so like anal <laughs> this is incredible about, I'm gonna steal this uh, anal about where I am because like, I have to divide my time up evenly yeah. yeah so like she knew I was gonna be she knew I was like not in like that part of Ohio so she like literally tagged me on a Facebook post saying Daniel she added me and said call me right now Oh and I was just like, Extra. so I pinged her and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. I was like, mom, I've been home for two days. And she's like, I know. I'm like, I'm seeing you tomorrow. She's like, I have to know if you were having a good time. I'm like, Stop. I will talk to you later. Stop and then people were, people were commenting on it like, here she goes, blah, 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 uh, blah. And then I was like, and guess what? I still ain't called her because I, I literally have to keep it. Keep it a hundred with her, like yeah. You cra- I love you. Well, you have a mother, but like you, that, but yeah. you crazy. And also, like, those last ditch efforts of manipulation and shame, like that's that's from a person that's operating out of a place that I don't want to be around. Yeah. But I feel like because I feel like because my parents had to deal with that with their parents, they think it's gonna work on me. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, nice try, but like, try again, yeah. Karen. No. <laughs> try again, because I'm like. What the hell? Like, like for example, this is a good example. My nephew literally just turned two, and so we're waiting for him to start talking in full sentences. So I keep like messing. Oh, is he saying like with just words and babbling at this point? Like <laughs> he knows how to say these eight words. Yeah. Um, we can't get like you know. My mom swears up and down that he has full conversations with her. So I'm like, <laughs> what does he say, mom? No response. Mom, mom, like, give me a sentence he puts together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she has full conversations with him. When she met my husband, she shit. was like, oh, I studied French in high school. I was like, Girl. say something in French. <laughs> the voice is in her head, baby. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, she did take French in high school, but she, like, does this yeah. whole, like, routine. The song and, and just dance. like mom it's not yeah. necessary he likes you you met him which pff, nobody else has <laughs> well i think we all need to have a drink after this yeah we've all been worked up yeah releasing toxins yes exfoliating our bodies and mm-hmm. mental health that yes. is uh. <laughs> any words of encouragement to give someone that's making a choice of getting rid of a toxic human out of their life I would just say like have people in your life that are uplifting you who are supporting you who are challenging you in positive ways um, there for you in the hard times and good um, and just someone who who is on in the same kind of they want the, the same kind of goals out of life like mm. be like around those people if they ain't doing nothing to contribute anything to society or paying your bills then get yeah. rid of them yeah. I don't like that Daniel anyway <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, for me, I think there there's a breaking point. Honor that breaking point, and if that mm. means walking away and not talking to people, that means it. Also, the power of knowing that no period is a complete sentence. Ooh. Ooh. Complete sentence. That's what my nephew be saying. Yeah. No. That's your fucking complete sentence, Cortez. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. With the look. <laughs> um, I, yeah, just they basically said everything. So. I'm Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I uh, said a lot of, put a lot of my personal business out there. But I you know too, what? Phil, yeah. Therapy is real. Yeah. I don't really care at this point. What y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna fight me? Y'all need to. <laughs> I know Croft Take God. advantage of it. And I just started Muay Thai. Ooh. Ooh. And my legs What's are his name? made out of <laughs> <laughs> bricks. Could you not? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, you. What kind of toxic around you? I'm going to have to get rid of you again, Daniel. I was just about to say, out of this table of five, who are we cutting out? Like <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> no. no. It, well, it can't be Shannon. It can't be Maggie. It can't be Carmen. So, Daniel, I feel like... This is a fun game. Okay. So <laughs> So for me it, it will be Daniel because I feel like I could get Daniel back. Oh, am damn. I that easy? No. Yes. But you I, are that easy. I feel like out of everyone on the table, you are more likely to do something that would prompt me to say I got to get rid of Daniel and then I would regret it. Okay. Oh, so if you cut us off, you wouldn't regret it. You'd be like, you're yeah, okay. he just I would, care I've about never us. been in a state of mind to cut any of you off. Oh. Do you it, think I would still do stuff even after our f- fallout? I'm saying out of everyone on the table, though. Like, I don't think you would. Like, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. But I'm saying again? if God was like, you have you to off? cut one person from this table, who would it be? It would be you. But y'all came back to each other. Yeah, and each other again. this is hypothetical. Can y'all share that uh, story when you got cut you, off the first time? No, we're no. not sharing that again. <laughs> it was in a previous podcast. Catch up. Catch up. <laughs> uh, who would you pick? Oh, no. To get rid of? Yes, you have to oh pick someone. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm last in, last out. It's fine. But you're so fun. Oh, I like you, you so much, somebody. too. You got to pick somebody. You got three seconds. Oh, my God. Maggie, because I know her. No, she. I know you leave, Shannon. So, okay, so you're going to get rid of my producer. That's fucked up. That's why I would get rid of you. <laughs> Maggie, <laughs> who would you cut? I, well, I still got this whole I'm new in New York Maggie, stuff. Maggie, you got to cut somebody. Like, I need Maggie, friends. cut someone oh, now. You, I've cut you. Because <laughs> I'd come back. No, if you I, cut I would. me. You, no. No, you We'd have find no each life. other another lifetime. We've been high priestess through many lifetimes together. I just know it. So we'd find each True. other again. That was a cop out. <laughs> Carmen, who would you cut? Nobody. You That's cut yourself. Why you? Yeah, you will cut my ass. I'm not a nobody. I'm a somebody. No, I am. You're a nobody on somebody. this show. It, but my name is in the credits, though. Oh, uh, can I? Anyway, wait. <laughs> did, I, did I do the closing? No. no. So uh, do it. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please <laughs> please share <laughs> it. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, all the other stuff. Just download the goddamn podcast. Yes. Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud, iTunes. Google Vibe. Hello, Alexa. Someone is at my heart.